What's up, everybody, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for June 9th, 2020. I'm your there host, you Imran Khan. <laughs> oh, are we, were we actually not on video? Were we on audio at all? Uh, we were on audio. They could hear you. Okay, cool. So you guys already know this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. You know I am your host, Imran Khan. What you might not be aware of without video is that Fran Mirabella III, FM3 underscore himself, is joining me here today for co-hosting duties. Fran, how you doing? Good morning, everybody. You look <laughs> working on a new intro. <laughs> Very That's not it. Like That's it. not it. <laughs> not it, Chief. No. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, y'all. Fran, I like the energy you're bringing because you're going to need that energy because you've got to explain Destiny to me in its entirety. That's why I'm so excited. Yeah. Big Destiny reveal today amongst a lot of other news, I think, huh? Amongst the other news being, Microsoft is holding steadfast on their monthly plans. We've got a whole host of other game rumors and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members are about to write in and silver members are about to get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show we got a little bit of housekeeping the kind of funny showcase is back but it's called the gorilla collective we've teamed up with friends at the media indie exchange to a three-day showcase featuring 90 games it all kicks off saturday at 10 a.m pacific time on twitch so you want to see a bunch of cool new indie games you want to have a little taste of that e3 back we got that coming for you this Saturday. We're live reacting to the PS5 event Thursday at 1 p.m. on Twitch. The Last of Us 2 review is Friday at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time. And the core game jam is Friday after KFGD. So you've got a packed week with Kind of Funny this week. So do not miss any of it. Because you're going to be one of those people like on Saturday, like, what Kind of Funny thing Last of Us? And you're not going to know. It's going to be the big topic of the subreddit. You'll have no idea. We want to thank our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Connor Nolan, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by ourselves at youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news! We got seven stories today. A baker's dozen! Dozen, dozen. I love the echo. It really helps. We're getting very closer to an actual Baker's Dozen. It's going to happen one day. <laughs> exactly. One day. Uh, Fran, you just got back from a stream. Or not got back. You just finished I a just stream. Just flew with, back in. Just <laughs> just landed. A finished stream with one Andy Cortez and one DC's own Greg Miller. Woo! Trying, trying to, I guess, explain what's happening in Destiny. Yes. I want you, now that you've already done that, you have to do it again. To the we people who are a- like watching on YouTube or didn't watch that previous stream. To tell me what happened in Destiny. All right. Not rehearsed. Let me give you the rapid Roper report on what's going on with Destiny 2. Uh, Today, hopefully you're listening on June 9th. Today is the launch of the new season, Season of Arrivals. That's not the big news, but they are dropping a new season. We knew nothing about it. That's probably been the most interesting thing as a Destiny fan. They didn't tell us anything about what is going on with this story. They've kept things very close to their chest. And so it's exciting to get in there. I don't know a lot about it, actually. They only showed a little bit. We do get a new public event, group event of sorts. The big news is for today, if you want to hop back into Destiny, free content for everybody. They are launching a new dungeon, which is called Prophecy. 
And it is based on, if you know anything about Xur and the Nine, these very, we still don't know a ton about them, and I'm not a lore guy, as I often say. There's very cool-looking environments that we've only got to play in PvP, really. So anyway, today, all this content launches, new seasonal stuff. But we already knew there was a season coming. It's just that we didn't know much about it. Um, and the fact that a dungeon's coming is is big because as a Destiny fan, there just hasn't been a ton of content to play. So this is a nice welcome addition. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to jump into fall content, but I'll pause. Does that did I get that part? Does that make sense so far, Emron? I, I basically blanked out, so yes. You sure. just keep going? Is that the message? <laughs> go for I it. didn't do it, bro. <laughs> you just, you, everybody's tuning me out as I just go. But no, it is big. So new content if you have the season pass. But remember, Destiny 2 is free through the first, you know, the first year of content. But then they have also had other stuff. And so for, for new content to drop that's totally free, that's totally brand new, and by the way, might be some of the coolest content that's coming this season to not be really part of the season pass. I mean, it is, that is a huge deal and worth, you know, noting. Okay, the big deal. Destiny 2 Fall Expansion, September 22nd. We have a date. Now that's the first step. Then intergenerational crossplay. That's right. PS5, PS4 are going to be able to play together at 60 frames a second, you know, on the new consoles. Xbox Series X, of course, you know what smart upgrade is. Upgrade is. So it's it's a bit like that, but that is big news. Mm -hmm. So remember, free content. That's the, the crazier part about this. Uh, you're going to be able to, if you already own Destiny 2 content, or you just install the free stuff, but if you already own, let's say, last year's Shadowkeep content, as far as I understand it, if you own that on PS4, just hop over to PS5. Play it for free. You don't have to buy the new Destiny 2 expansion content on September 22nd. So that's that's definitely was a big deal. Wait, so like go back over that again. If you so if you already own any Destiny 2 content, then you're you're good for the new stuff on a PS5. Yes, and remember this just happened. So I hope I'm getting that right, but I couldn't even believe it. I sort of did believe it because again, there's a lot of free content, but you can, the, the, in their words, the quote I wrote down, keep playing for free without buying for this content. So if you already own Destiny 2 content, keep playing for free without buying on PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. So yeah, as far as I know, it's just a free upgrade of the Destiny 2 content you already own. Or if you want to buy the new content, new seasonal content that's coming out after September 22nd, of course. But let me tell you, if 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 that's not enough, what if I told you we know about what's happening in 2021, Imran? Okay, tell me what's what if, happening in 2021. What if I told you we also know what's happening in 2022? Do you think I'm lying? If you Destiny said 2023, too. I would think you're lying. But 2022, I I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to believe, Fran. So another unprecedented uh, thing for Destiny fans. We really haven't got this since the leaks of Destiny One. You remember, remember hearing about. Um, um, all of the the Activision ten year plans and code names for for stuff coming out. Yeah, it um, came from the the lawsuit with Vincent Pella and Frank West. Exactly, Frank but West. The, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff we hadn't seen. But the, the point is, they've never really talked about years ahead names mm -hmm. of things. They gave us twenty twenty one. Uh, presumably fall content will be, they didn't say it will be fall content, but it almost always is. Witch Queen. If you're a fan of the game, what that means is. Taken King, if you remember that, the second year of Destiny 1. Uh, that guy's sister, Oryx, one of the big bosses in that, and Sabathin has been a recurring character, but that that's, content's going to be focused on that. Uh, we don't know much about it, but the fact they came out and said that is really exciting for fans. And then something called Lightfall uh, in 2022. 
What we're getting this fall, though, is uh, I forgot to tell you, it's Destiny 2 Beyond the Light. It's either Beyond Light or Beyond the Light. Yeah, I don't have it right in front of me. It just happened. Uh, Beyond Light, sorry. Beyond Light is what we're getting this fall. So a lot of stuff there. Um, The big other thing, maybe that's noteworthy because I don't want to take over the whole show with Destiny 2. So you just tell me if it's too much detail. (laughs) Keep going. Keep rolling on. We're getting a new new subclass. And as a Destiny fan, what that means, right, is we have the blue, the red, and the purple energies that we have fire and, you know, electricity and void power, right? Not going to get too deep into it, but the power you use across three different classes of characters. So still three classes of characters, but then each one of them have, um, you know, this, this type of energy they can use. And as an RPG, right, that's big, what you wield and, uh, how they balance the game out. They haven't added anything since destiny one, you know, around 2015. I, be- I don't think it came out until 2015. It might've been the end of 2014, but it's been a really long time. And so they are introducing stasis or this dark power as a new subclass. That's going to be really big for fans. So if you're looking for, as someone who's still like, friend, I still don't know what you're talking about, but I've kind of liked to jump in and out of Destiny. This might be one of the bigger reasons to jump in as a whole new power type. Um, they're going to be doing a lot of like tuning and stuff around this, I'm sure. They've been changing a lot with making it more of a, a living, you know, MMO style RPG versus it being just like some action shooter they've been leaning more into it having mods on everything you know and and classes and building out those classes so so this is going to be really big um and the other big news maybe to touch on real fast is because the game is getting so big we can expect to see some things going away uh we don't know what that is precisely yet unless it's on the website right now and i i haven't got a look at it yet because this just broke but um they are going to be bringing back some stuff too. So even though they're taking some stuff away, we're going to see some old strikes from Destiny 1, it sounds like, that we adored, come back, be able to play those as part of this Destiny content vault. And the very first raid ever, uh, Vault of Glass, which is a lot of people's favorites. It's one of their most fond memories, you know, uh, mm. probably where they got their Galahorn, as uh, many people have probably heard about the old rocket launcher uh, that uh, Greg makes fun of all the time, the Galhorn. But um, that's coming back sometime in year four. So, so they're treating this like an MMORPG at this point, which is like kind of what they always sort of hinted it was yeah. supposed to be. But like, so I guess part of the split with Activision was Bungie saw this as MMO and Activision saw it as a yearly game. So it, it does feel like they're actually kind of getting to what they wanted it to be. Yeah, exactly. It's been a mission that they've they've been on for a while. I was trying to pull up Luke Smith's quote that it seems like he's been trying to get the team and the fans to launch launch latch onto uh, has been uh, we want Destiny Two to be an amazing action MMO in a single evolving world that you can play anytime. So an amazing action MMO in a single evolving world. That is the other thing we found out as as all the content I talked about. They said is that's Destiny Two. And they, they actually, words out of you know Luke's mouth was uh, that they don't want to put an, another number on the box. So Destiny 2 is going to continue to just kind of be broken apart and, and, and upgraded. And, you know, it, Destiny 3 looks like it's not really in the plans. You could maybe, you could speculate that it's coming in 2023. But the truth is, it sounds like they're just going to start evolving this world of Destiny 2 in really significant ways. Um so get used to it. Uh, I kind of wonder when we're going to get and how you upgrade that engine. And do you? I mean, Destiny 
looks great already on PC, which is what you can sort of expect on next gen. But um, I know they've had a lot of troubles with the tech as well, though, that, that it makes a lot of challenges. So I don't know what they're doing um, with all that. And it's also worth noting over the weekend as one last night, if you didn't catch, they did do their first live uh, event style, um, like Fortnite has been doing in-game events. So mm. Destiny 2 is, is evolving in a lot of ways. Um, I watched your yeah. like re reactions to that event. Yeah, it was very interesting looking at Twitter. It's like I would see some person go like, "Oh, I just watched a ship explode for ten minutes." Like that wasn't a big deal. Then I saw you going like, "That was the coolest thing I've ever seen." Yeah, and it wasn't. You know, you're putting words in my mouth, but it, <laughs> I, it, I did have excited. a positive reaction. Yes. I didn't say it was good, but um, yeah, because you know, since hey, let's take the the moment I can be on this platform with all the great other fans here i do want to point out take a moment as much as we all sat around the tower for 85 minutes and not a lot happened and then five minutes of a ship exploding the tech behind that stuff i ask you other than fortnite can you name on your hand how many other games have done that and i i struggle to do that right where you sat in a live event of that magnitude um, of that quality, even if it was for minutes with a bunch, and it's only, you know, to be fair, it's 25 people in an instance, but across, you know, all the stuff timed at the exact same time is significant to build that technology. Um, I, I don't know how long that took, but that could have been a year in the making. It could have been longer. I don't know. Uh, but cause Fortnite's been doing this for years. So it really is a step forward. You know, I always use the Zelda example to maybe bring it home, but imagine Nintendo announced the, you know, when we saw the new breath of the wild, that is going to be coming out that the way they did it was they said, gather, you know, in Hyrule and we went there and all of a sudden like, whoosh, like something crashed into the world and changed it, you know, plugged a hole in the ground and it changed it in front of you. That's the type of stuff that's happening. So I'm just excited. For yeah. That. that all that sounds super cool. Like, I think live events are going to be a major thing for games coming forward, especially as all of them have to be online connected and be things yeah. that people gather to look at. So I, it does make sense. That's what Bungie is going towards with Destiny. Yeah. And it's a very, it's very similar to the way Blizzard got people hyped up for Cataclysm of like the world is changing. Everything you knew was going to change. And if they're trying to go for the MMO angle, this is a very logical way to do it. Yeah. But you mentioned how they're probably going to stick to Destiny 2 and not actually move on to Destiny 3 and not be like... Like, they're using this as a platform for future Destiny stuff, which makes total sense. But it does seem like they are actually going to introduce a new project soon. Because according to Tom Phillips at Eurogamer, Bungie's new IP is both lighthearted and whimsical. Bungie has given few hints on its new non-Destiny franchise, currently early in development, though a series of new job postings have offered up a couple of snippets. The studio's call for an incubation art director speaks of the project as being, quote, something comedic, with quote, lighthearted and whimsical characters, and they credit the game post for those uh, particular quotations. In opening for the incubation investment designer, ask for someone clued up on the loot grind game. Quote, living inside a giant database of hundreds of baubles, weapons, and armor is nothing new to you, the job description reads, and neither is building a system to cleverly distribute those items in a necromancer's dungeon. Finally, an incubation senior lead combat designer is required to work on encounters in which AI will play a part, along with weapon and armor systems. All three positions specifically say they're for Bungie's new IP, a project the studio wishes to grow to its next big franchise. So, Fran, as a Destiny fan, does this sound, one, interesting to you, and two, different enough from Destiny that you're actually like, okay, yeah, I, I'd be into this? It First of all, definitely sounds interesting because Lightheart and Whimsical is not what Destiny is at all. <laughs> And is it not? I always get a feeling that like that game is more comedic than people think. Something comedic is there. 
they do have that's bun- I feel like that's just Bungie, you know. Right. They they have a, they they get it. It's a video game. But um Lightheart and Whimsical for starters, but the the thing that stands out to me, this is the first time I've I've seen this cuz again this kind of came up this morning during all this. Um does this sound Imran, like a is this like a Diablo dungeon crawler thing? Like what it, it's really hard to say, but doesn't it sound like that almost? I, Living inside a giant database of hundreds of baubles and weapons and armor is nothing new to you, um, but neither is a system to cleverly distribute those items in a necromancer's dungeon. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I guess that last line is, yeah, it could be anything, I guess. To I be mean, fair. it sounds like that's Destiny is what I'm getting like. It when, does you, <laughs> when you see me that line, like, if you didn't tell me this was specifically a new IP, I'd be like, yeah, that's that sounds like more Destiny stuff. Yeah. To be to be fair, yeah, it could apply to anything. So maybe I'm getting my hopes up that it's a dungeon crawl. I mean, I don't even know what I want. I think it's safe to say that Bungie would not create. Um, let's say they it's they make it a little more Borderlands looking than the current Destiny, and it's mm-hmm. like right, it's like Borderlands, which Destiny already is and was inspired by. It's not gonna be something like that. Um, I think I'm what more would, like Fable ish kind of, like that's what the, the words yeah, whimsical and lighthearted really about to me. I, I hope so. I don't see Bungie not making a first-person shooter. I feel like that's their bread and butter, and they know it. But I, I could be down for something like, okay, you're not into Destiny, or maybe this is Destiny for a younger audience or something like that. Both of those things oh. make some sense. So you do think it might be a first-person shooter. I was going to say, I, I think they, they might. They want to be, you know, I'd have to see Pete Parsons' quotes again, but they do want to be a a publisher in addition to a multi-franchise studio. And mm-hmm. I think to be that you can't just do first person shooters. I, I actually, I have no knowledge of this project, but I feel like they want to go third person and they want to make a, a different kind of IP, um, despite what their experience is, you know, in first person shooters. But they have a lot of people that have been on, you know, not just first person shooters. So I can I, see that. I think they might be going down this route of, yeah, maybe it's a fable-ish hack and slash. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, <laughs> like if you, to... if you asked me if Respawn would ever make a third-person action Star Wars game, I'd be like, no, that doesn't make any sense. But right. they did, and it was great. So Bungie yeah. could easily just make a great game, and then they'll no longer be like, oh, we're assuming it's going to be a first-person shooter because that's all they do. Yeah, I would. But... I would welcome anything in the realm of a Fallen Order type game from them. Um, you know, that goes down a route like that. So anyway, this is the first we've really even got a peek into maybe what it's about, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the game does seem really early, though, that they're still just hiring for it. So that we're not going to see it anytime soon at, say, like an Xbox event. Because the Xbox event that was supposed to be yes or in June has reportedly, segment. by Jeff, Grub, Jeff Grubb, has been, he was on, not on, he made a phone call into Games Daily yesterday and explained that there was some movement of internal things at Xbox for events. But Aaron Greenberg is going saying, he has tweeted that we have not pushed anything back. Our plan remains to have our next digital show in July, and teams are working hard on that. So I don't remember, know if you remember a couple of months. Last month, I don't know. Time means nothing anymore. But last month, yeah. I think <laughs> that Xbox announced they would have monthly events leading up to the launch of the Xbox Series X, hmm. explaining like what the system is, games you're looking for. Their first inside Xbox event to kick that thing off, not super well liked. Not the third party yeah. one, right? The one with the first game reveals that, like, we're. Yeah. I, I could see where they were going with it. I could see the logic of it. I don't think it was the. Yeah, they read a, the room well. Not a banger. Yeah. So people were kind of holding their hopes out that maybe June was going to be a big thing. And this is oh. E3 week. 
we always we assumed that it would be something E3 like, but Microsoft is saying no, we're holding off for our big big first party event in July. Jeff Grubb of Gamesbeat was kind of reporting that oh, there was something planned for June, a hardware reveal that would probably talk about Lockhart. But mm. they're going to let Sony go first on that. They don't want to be the first ones to say, "Hey, we have this hardware. This is the price. This is where this is the cheaper box yeah. we're looking at." Like is yeah. It's it's difficult. It's difficult it, for them. They're in a difficult position where even if they did move things back internally, we'd also probably never know. Yeah. I have to say, yeah, I'm just generally confused because E3 would be happening right now mm-hmm. uh, where Xbox was going to take over at one point, as I understood, right? Wasn't that originally the plan? Maybe aside from this plan, weren't they originally going to make June a huge thing? Yeah, they were They were more or Obviously. less uncontested at yeah. E3 this year. Is that something we assume, though, Imran, or like? You know what I mean? Like, did we assume that they'd have this huge presser with all these games, and now that's the thing that's happening in July? That's what I assumed, because when E3 got canceled, we just wouldn't have it. Um, My understanding— Like, in other words, did they always have a July event planned for this year and not the big E3 thing? Like, probably not. My understanding is last month's event, like, the gameplay reveal was always planned. It was going to be an overflow event for things that were just couldn't wait till June or whatever. Mm-hmm. Other things were broken up over time. Hmm. So the E3 event was supposed to be a bigger event, but then it just ended up being like, okay, well, we got this time now. Let's let's move some things around a little bit. So like the the core of what they were going to show at E3 is actually probably still happening in July, but stuff like hardware is probably... Hmm. I, I could easily believe it's going to be like an August thing now. Even later? Man. Well, I don't you know. don't have to, honestly, like... Let's. They could announce. They Apple announces new iPhones and new iPads like days, day of, or weeks of release. Yeah. It's not an insane thing to like hold that sort of stuff back. No, you don't have to. But the, in the spirit of competition, now that is the the thing to worry about. And, and I wanted to ask you about that. Like, what do you think Sony's gonna do? Are they gonna come out with pre-orders and a price, hardware, and like some games to show, or do you think it'll be? A little more drawn back to be, you know, here's a look at like what you can expect, but we'll tell you more about the pre-order and stuff later. I or, think you know what I mean. I think Sony's reveal, and we're going to talk about like more about predictions for that reveal in the post show today. But oh, okay. I, I do think that their reveal is probably going to be mostly focused on games. I don't think we'll get a price. We may get a look at the box. That may be like the biggest thing we see in terms of hardware. So yeah, we we don't necessarily expect them to be like because we've sat at E three before when when Xbox has certainly done this and and start and so is PlayStation I think pre order it now and we're trying to get reception yeah. you know on our phones and pre order this stuff. Um, I was kind of thinking like you know maybe that won't happen and it's pointless to speculate because we're days away anyway. But like it's fun too. But if Sony came out with that, I was just thinking like the question to you is regardless maybe if Sony comes out with their price. And sort of, let's call it the pre-order. That's, mm-hmm. Maybe it is a pre-order first, and it's exciting. Like, do you think it's a mistake for Microsoft to wait when it's like it's gonna look great, um, or do you think it is an advantage to see if they can like undercut the price and wait? Because right, it's hype versus price in a way, don't you think? Because like you said, May was not that thrilling. Like we already feel that way about Xbox. Like, show us the exclusives, right? And mm-hmm. if Sony comes out and says, "Here's the exclusives." Here's how they look. Awesome. Okay. And uh, here's the price. Do you want to pre-order it? 
go for it. And then and then Xbox is like, we're coming. You know what I mean? So, okay. I think that people are going to be fairly impressed by what Sony has to show this week. I think it is in Microsoft's best interest to wait and see what they do and what those games are, are being shown. Because they probably know a decent bit because they've gone to those studios too. And they've been like, hey, let's make a deal. And they've been told, oh, we already made a deal with Sony. Yeah. So they, they have a good idea of what's being shown. But I think waiting for their reaction and then coming back harder is their best bet. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm making that face only because you are right and it's optimistic. I'm just, it's, it's going to be hard to swing back because we know Sony already has an awesome stable of very experienced studios working on great stuff. And hopefully we get a peek at that plus just their third party support, you know, and, and they've already got a lot of buy-in on that. Um, like meaning regardless, Xbox has been working with what 13 new exclusive studios or whatever. So like, it's yeah. not going to change by July. You know, the tra- the footage is not going to change within the month. So I think it's more about how they, they present it. But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess either way, it's going to be tough because, you know, Sony has a lot of current buy-in. And by the way, I'm not some Sony fanboy just for fu- Microsoft. <laughs> I've been a fan of for a long time with Xbox, and I think we all felt the same way about Xbox One. Like, it's just, see it between, other than see it Thieves, you know, um, mm-hmm. and games like Forza, there's just not a ton, you know, and when I think of PlayStation, especially games like, you know, God of War, um, Horizon, which I know you're playing, like, their stable's amazing, so... um Anyway, I just think they need to come out to be... I, I think they would have had the advantage to come out and be the first Big Bang. That's what I'm saying. The May event really, I think, now has taken the wind out of the sails of Microsoft being the leading next-gen system, which it was for a long time. We're going to be there first. We're going to show you first. To now, it's like, I feel like this Thursday, Sony's just going to wrap unwrap a ton and then we're now waiting again for Xbox. Almost like none of the stuff they did in the six, last six months matters, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but I think the only thing that blunts enthusiasm more than being late is being first and then being one-upped. Like, if they come out there and sing an aria about how Halo Infinite is amazing and it looks great, and, like, they show the new, new initiative game and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. it does impress, but then Sony impresses more, then they're in a position that's going to be very hard to come back from. The problem with Microsoft right now is, you're right, they were leading on the next-gen reveal stuff for a very long time, mm. but they are still, from a, a mindshare standpoint, starting from behind. So if they don't come out with all the right moves, and the May event was one of the wrong moves, then they have, they have a more difficult time making that first impression. I, I look back at like the Switch stuff, like, Switch is a very good example of what we'd expect in this next gen because of the way that thing was revealed. It was revealed in January. It was released in March. Yeah. And people, like, watched that event. They were like, oh, this thing is not going to sell. But then that Breath of the Wild trailer came on, and it was like, yeah. oh, shit. This game looks amazing. I have yeah. to play this. And it was yeah. already on Wii U, but people weren't going to buy a Wii U for that. Microsoft can go out there this time and say, let's make that our big moment. Let's show a trailer for something. It might be Halo Infinite. It might be something else that... Sets the internet on fire. Yeah. I we're gonna have to see because if Sony does blow the doors off with the reveal, like a lot of people suspect they will, then Microsoft just has a a larger amount to catch up by. Yeah. I think you make a good counterpoint, and it's important you're right to remember is yeah, if they see kind of what there is an advantage, I I think it's fair to say. Let's say Sony does knock it out of the park Thursday. It gives them a chance to still 
form around and say, we, we've got time left still. We can, we can come out stronger. But now we, we learn a little bit from how, what they did, the reactions, and we gotta, we got to beat them. How do we do it? You know, and they can strategize. So I think on one hand they can do that. But I just thought, as you said, that I'm like, maybe they do. You know, I know Phil and the whole team has been working so hard for so many years. Maybe they do have this, like, secret, you know, this, this secret in their back pocket, you know, this rabbit in their hat that nobody knows about that, right, the same impact that when we saw, you know, I'm a, I'm a God of War fanboy, obviously, but when I saw God of War, I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> and I haven't felt that way about Xbox games in a while, that's all. Like, I'm, I'm a Halo fan, too, but, like, right, it's, that I'm still even waiting to see on that front. Um, but it, it can't be Halo. We already know about Halo, so I hope they can come out with something to kind of impact when I first saw God of War, but they can do that now, which is very unusual, you know, going into a new next-gen launch. You normally... Aren't, you don't have something ready to show that's maybe not even going to come out for a year and a half from now. Yeah, but um, they need to they need a trailer that has that you know to get me to even if it's coming out in twenty twenty one right to say this got a war quality thing whatever it is that will blow your mind coming out twenty twenty one. That's just one of our thirteen games. But new Perfect Dark, finally do it. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. What's rare up to? <laughs> so your enthusiasm for next gen Fran is about here. I need it to be right up here. Because Neil, Druck- Neil Druckmann has, is undecided right now about whether his next game will be The Last of Us 3 or a new IP. This is from Joe Scribbles at IGN. Naughty Dog Vice President Neil Druckmann has, has, yet deci- or has not yet decided if his next game will be The Last of Us Part 3 or a brand new IP. In a huge interview article with GQ, Druckmann explains that, so close to the release of The Last of Us Part 2, his thoughts have inevitably been gun-turning to the next project. Quote, as you start wrapping things up, creatively there are fewer and fewer responsibilities. My mind can't help but think about the next thing. So yeah, the next thing could be Part 3, or it could be some new IP. Druckmann gives no indication as to which he prefers, with GQ paraphrasing his mindset as, ultimately, the best idea wins. If Naughty Dog did return for a third installment in a celebrated franchise, it seems likely that it'd be, it would revisit the same ruined America settings as the first two games, rather than diverge too much. Discussing the planning stages for a second game, Druckmann explains that two people saw the ending of the first game as sacred, They prefer, prefer uh, and would have preferred for it to not be continued quote people are always like do another one but focus on all new characters or like do it in like europe or do it in japan do something really different Druckmann describes that approach as the coward's way out as if to reinforce the idea that any last of us sequel will focus on the same kinds of locations and characters Druckmann adds that if you were to wildly change setting your protagonist to me at that point you might as well just do a new ip so fran i don't know if you've been playing the last of us part two i have not no how excited are you for it Oh, super excited. I mean, mm-hmm. same. I, I hope I have the same, you know, things to say that I've been saying about God of War about it. Like, it's just one of those super high quality, cinematic, amazing looking experiences on the PlayStation 4. Um, and that looks like it's shaping up to be that. And uh, I, I love how dark and emotional, let's say, that Last of Us is. I, mm-hmm. I just love very brooding games like that. Um, obviously, Last of Us, you go back to it. It was a long time ago now, the mechanics and everything. So I can't wait to see how it's evolved. Um, but I, I'm super excited for it. it. It's weird because it's like a next-gen game, honestly. The quality uh-huh. that, that, you know, the studios at this level have, are able to crank out, it, it pretty much feels like a next-gen game uh, that we get now. So I hope, I hope that's what it is. As someone that really liked The Last of Us, would you prefer they make a Last of Us Part 3 or would you prefer they, like, make a new idea? Make a new yeah. idea, I should say. 
it's so it's i think it's hard for us to answer and anyone under embargo to answer like i don't, I don't know i gotta see what's going on with two before i like tell you should we get a three um what i can say though is you know we would have never had this amazing experience if they didn't break away from uncharted and i have to assume that's kind of what's going through neil's mind is like we were able to to do this amazing new thing because we did break away everybody just wanted more uncharted i think overall and they had to put their foot down i think and say we're going to try something new and it's hard to do something new it's scary so i i it it i mean it sucks because i want both <laughs> but honestly i think you know quick quick thinking i'd love to see him do something new because their track record lines up so if you're going to bring me a brand new ip totally new creativity um i don't want to have to wait forever though so that's always a trade-off too is like if you do last of us three you know, it's going to take a while already, but a brand new IP, you know, we're going to have to wait an extra year. I mean, it's been seven we... years since Last of Us 1. Like, it's been a while. You're right. And that's what I'm getting at. There's there's the potential to flip. They built so much, you know, I think they've evolved a ton in that mm-hmm. time, right? I think it's easier to flip into a Last of Us 3 than it is a new IP. And I have to assume that's really weighing on them. There was probably tons of ideas they did, right, that didn't hit the table. So there's a lot of things that will work going into the next gen um, whereas if you do a new IP, I mean, we might be waiting for a while. I don't know that Sony can afford to wait. So <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I'm always a fan of new things, but like, again, yeah, you're right. It, it does depend a lot on last of us too. Like who knows? I've, yeah, I, I've not played that game. What, like maybe yeah, what it if ends I don't like great. It. Like what if yeah. we ends up being like a, I'm not gonna say a bad game, but what if there's like a reason to not have a last of us three at the end of it, mm. you know? But that's a topic that would probably be better discussed on a Last of Us podcast, oh. which is actually being launched by PlayStation. This is from Matt Perslow at IGM. PlayStation has announced an official The Last of Us podcast series. The eight-part series, hosted by writer and stand-up comedian Christian Spicer, will explore the development of both The Last of Us Two and its oh, I'm sorry, The Last of Us and its Part Two sequel. The first episode is available now and will be released weekly on Tuesdays. Episode one features interviews with Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann and Anthony Newman, who discuss the first few hours of the original game. Future episodes will include chats with Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker, as well as developers, composer Gustavo Santo. Oh, wow. I, I don't want to mess that name up by trying to pronounce it, but everyone knows who I'm talking about because he's really good and notable fans of the series. From July 7th, the episodes will begin to discuss The Last of Us Part 2, providing a deep dive into the new game's creation. So after you finish listening 7th. to this or watching this, go check that out. Don't don't stop in the middle of this. In fact, watch this twice and then go do that. Right. Well, they can't yeah. watch it until July 7th, though, right? The Last of Us Part 2 one. The current episode is just oh, oh, one. Oh, I see. Yeah. So if you're looking to get caught up, there's a good reason or a good way to do so. Nice. Brian, have you ever had your an account hacked? I mean, who hasn't? It's 2020. I have had my identity stolen. I mean, I've done it all. <laughs> really? When it comes to security breach. Yeah, somebody bought a car once, a Dodge Charger, at a Sacramento dealership, and I got a call. Um, she was mistaken <laughs> in thinking that I think I was a girl. It got pulled over um, just in time that it didn't that they didn't process it fully at the dealership or that would have been a nightmare it still was a, a, a problem but anyway i actually got my nintendo account like logged into a couple of weeks ago because it's one of those accounts i didn't put on two-factor authorization because like i figured it's a nintendo account who really cares i have nothing like tied to it but somebody in russia apparently logged in nintendo actually says an additional 140,000 accounts were compromised in a recent data breach this is from dexter tan guan ho at dot esports 
Nintendo has found that an additional 140,000 Nintendo Network IDs and IDs have been used to break into their associated Nintendo accounts, according to an updated statement from Japanese ga- from the Japanese gaming company. Nintendo has taken the initiative to reset passwords for compromised users and learned customers of the data breach. The company added that it will be taking, quote, additional security measures. The company said less than 1% of all NNIDs logged in engaged in fraudulent purchases. Most customers should have received refunds, but the processes remain incomplete. This is on top of the additional 160,000 accounts breached in April. Nintendo has since removed the capability to sign into Nintendo account via the NNID login system, which has proven to be a key vulnerability. So, if you're one of those people that attached their NNID to a 3DS or Wii U, which I'm guessing is like a decent number of people that have one, then your account may be at risk. So, keep that in mind. Did you change your password? I just changed my password, and I I put on 2FA. So, that's that's the other aspect of this is put on 2FA for these things because these companies aren't great about refunding you or making sure you get your money back, and they are very not great about letting you, like, stop a charge or do a chargeback. Sony will ban your account straight out if you try to do that. So, (laughs) put on 2FA. It may be... Yeah, it's it may be a slight inconvenience of like I can't believe I need to wait for this code or whatever, but it's better to do that than like lose your entire account. Definitely. Good advice. So today a bunch of game rumors just sort of popped up and I don't want to like hit all of them in full like full detail, detail. Mm-hmm. but l- l- like let's talk a little bit about some of them. So today on this came from Tweak Town from Anthony Garefta, but all like the original source is German site Game Reactor. Far Cry Six supposedly on the rumor docket. The rumors say that it's an exotic location. So if you're tired of America, from the Far Cry Five and Far Cry New Dawn, was New that Dawn. What it was called? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this is supposedly set for a reveal for UB Forward on July twelfth. Nanobiologist actually wrote into the questions. I didn't I actually it. end up picking this questions, but saying that like, hey, Ubisoft mentioned there's a AAA game they have not yet announced. This could probably be that. Where would you want, like, are, are you, first of all, are you in the mood for a new Far Cry? Because that is, like, my problem with the series right now is I'm a little fatigued with it. Would you be like, oh, shit, a new Far Cry? I'm down for this. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, why, you're, you're getting, like, burnt out on them? I was getting burned out by five, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I should caveat, like, I'm not, like, the world's biggest Far Cry, uh, sorry, Far Cry fan. Um, I played some of Five, uh, some of New Dawn. I actually didn't have time or make the time to play many of the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be fair, I'm not the, you know, the best person to ask. But what I have played, I don't know, um, I think it goes back to the conversation we just had, but it's like, uh, new IP would be nice. But I think Far Cry works. I think... There's some really, they're pretty cool games overall. So I don't know. I think it just needs a, a pretty big refresh and hopefully going into the next gen, you know, hopefully like we'll see with Assassin's Creed, uh, we see some some big advancements to the gameplay versus just like, oh, it's Far Cry, you know, five in a new location, right? Like it yeah. can't, can't just be that, I hope. I think Ubisoft is under a weird, not weird, I guess. They have all the reason in the world to believe this, but they're under the assumption that, to make a Far Cry fresh, you change the location, you change the villain. I right, think, that, yeah, if they if they make a new Far Cry 6, they need to do more than that. That's exactly what I was just saying. Like, as long as they do that, of course. But yeah, if it's just a new location, like the whole thing, it started with being in cool locations. Like, that is is what made it cool. It was these big open areas. Um, stuff like bears attacking you out of nowhere or animals of, of different kinds. But they need to do more than that now. So yeah. I guess we'll see on July 12th if the rumor's true. 
I mean, there are no strangers to completely upending a series, so let's see. I could easily believe that that is their big reveal because otherwise they've not really mentioned much. And they still think got that's Watch- their biggest game to show. Then they still have Watchdog Legions. They still have Assassin's Creed. Like those games are exist, and we know they're coming, but they're not new announcements. So well, Far Cry could easily yeah. be one of those. And they, yeah, but they said what was that report where they said they have. Um, the number of right there was a number of new franchises that are uh, what was it exactly? They talked about all of their franchises and they haven't announced everything. But meaning people were starting to speculate that Splinter Cell. That was a financial I'll jump report. to it. Yeah, yeah. But did you mean do you believe that Splinter Cell's out there somewhere? Does it have a chance in July? I feel like we say this for every year for the last uh, about four years. I <laughs> completely speculation. I'm gonna guess like they put Sam Fisher in something, but I don't think it's gonna be called a Splinter Cell. I think it's going to be like another, like a division event or something like that. I don't know. Actually, I'm really we, surprised they've not done that so far. Like, why is Sam Fisher not in the division in some way? It's set in DC. I'm sure that it has something to do with Tom Clancy's lore. I don't even know if you can do that, given the. the There's the a lore. mobile game like, that's literally like know. every. There's like Tom Clancy Heroes, like Tom Clancy XCOM or whatever. Like, you know oh, what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's like. You're right. It would be bringing together the character. Yeah. They've done like, it. Like, Tom again, Smash did, Brothers. Yeah. I don't think they can. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't know the lore of all the Tom Clancy stuff. I don't know <laughs> that they can just bring Sam into Division, but. I think they own his name and they can do whatever they want with it now. <laughs> oh, okay. They've, Ubisoft now owns uh, the property. So. I mean, speaking of ownership, it could, it could be Nakamura says chances are pretty high. She could get Okami 2 greenlit by Catcom. She was talking to IGN Japan, where she mentioned that that's as soon as quarantine is over, she wants to go to Capcom and talk to them about Okami 2. Akumi Nakamura, if you don't remember, she became kind of a big star at E3 last year during the Bethesda conference, when she came out and very enthusiastically revealed Ghostwire Tokyo, a new horror game from Bethesda. And then subsequently, a few months later, just left. Very mysteriously. A lot of people speculated maybe her work is done, but... She was creative director, so there's like no way that's the case. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. I know Okami 2 was a thing Capcom planned to do at one point. So hmm. I could easily see it being a situation of her going there to smooth over whatever caused it to be canceled or not, not greenlit cool. or whatever and trying to get that done because she's been making a tour of various studios and all that stuff. I would bet that's a thing she wants to work on. And wait, she was on the original? I believe she was Somewhere. on the original, yeah. Yeah. Like she she was, wasn't creative director, obviously, but yeah, like she had some maybe experience on it. I believe she was part of the Capcom group that left Clover, left Capcom slash Clover to come to Platinum Games, and then from there went with Mikami to uh, Tango. So mm-hmm. I don't know for a fact she was on Okami, but I would bet she would, like has some involvement with it looks that way i was just looking it up but yeah i thought i was like what was the relevance of her you know being the person to convince them but i, I assume um had worked on it it yeah. says background production is the quick imdb credit that i pulled up on that for yeah. okami so back she would have she would have still been like a, a game dev baby at that point and like yeah she learned a lot though back to, you know but i i'm guessing Probably very formative, and she mentioned in that interview that 14 she, years ago, Jeez. <laughs> if she did actually get a Greenland, she would want Hideki Kamiya to go back and actually direct it, which I'd be down for. Okami was a great game that was extremely long and very poorly paced, but still a great game <laughs> that I'd be willing beloved, to go back to. Beloved, though. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Beloved, a new Metal Slug was announced that I did not realize it was announced, but there's two games actually involved in it. There's a console oh. game 
and a mobile game. This comes from SNK in our Korea and reported by Alistair Wong and Sel Canera. But there's two games. There's one console game coming in 2020 that is a side-scrolling action game, like we know Metal Slug to be. But there's also a new mobile game. So that should be interesting to see. I'm SNK has had some success with King of Fighters 14 and uh, Samurai Showdown. If they're big a new Metal Slug that looks like that game, looks like those games, I should say, mm-hmm. then I think people are going to be pretty not upset, but like <laughs> there will be a backlash to that, I think. Did uh, You're talking about the, the update to King of Fighters. Didn't it look like it's very true to its form? Is that It, it animated very true to its form. It lo- there were 3D models that have hand-drawn sprites. Mm, and you're so saying that was is- probably the... It initially looked very ugly, and over time, until release, started looking a little bit better. But I, I can see people accepting that with King of Fighters. I can see them accepting it with Samurai Showdown. Metal Slug might be a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's tough to to try to bring like a franchise into the modern era, but also respect it, right? You know, Metroid mm-hmm. had to 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 go through that. I mean, obviously, a big change for Metroid going to something like Metroid Prime, but uh, it can be done. Yes, you know, that's a totally different type of game. But like, you know, uh, right? Castlevania people, you know, want that. They've tried and so on. So I don't know if they they would. They, they don't seem like the type of company that would go that far. By the way, I think. They would do more like what you're talking about, which is try to modernize the graphics, um, which can kind of piss off fans. But yeah, I, I think it was, obviously it'll be a side scroller, but yeah. if it doesn't look hand drawn, I think people have some issues. I am excited, however, to see it, but that's so far away. If I wanted to know what's coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. Pow. Out today. (laughs) 1971 Project Helios is out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Ease, Memories of Selketa is out on PS4. Jump King is out on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Project Warlock is out on PS4. The Elder Scrolls Online is Greymore is out on PS4 and Xbox One. Hopbound is out on PC. Paint, P-A-I-N-T, like spelled as an acronym, is out on PC. Pussy yep, Puzzle gonna... <laughs> is out on PC and Mac. The Dark it's about Eyes. cats, everybody. Uh-huh. Get your head out of the gutter. Uh-huh. It is. Uh-huh. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Eye, Book of Heroes, is out on PC. Deal of the day, the Ichio bundle for racial injustice and equality is $5. That's $3,400 worth of games and projects like asset packs and stuff like that. But it's still a, a ton, a, oh, yeah. a metric ton of games. Do Proceeds it. go to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Educational Fund and Community Bail Fund. So there is no reason, literally no reason, you can spare the 5 bucks to go get that. If, for whatever reason, you don't get this, then you need an education fund because there are so many good mm-hmm. games on this list. Go look at Blessing's Twitter account. Blessing was going down the titles. So, like, there's Night in the Woods if you've never even played that. Like, a ton of really amazing games in there for $5. You can pay more if you want to. You probably should. Yeah. It's a crime that you're not, but you should actually be. If you can't spare anything else, spare the five bucks. It's a, it's a cup, of co- cup of coffee. Exactly. Oh. Can we, Kevin? Can we see Pussy Puzzle? Do we have time to see <laughs> Pussy Puzzle? Or uh, all right, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I wasn't listening for the last little bit, you know. 
But I'm <laughs> right? listening now, Fran. I'm listening. Now. <laughs> we, the fans want to see. I'm gonna just Google puzzle. it and see what heck, what comes up. Can you give them the pussy puzzle footage? <laughs> it's on Steam. And if we don't have time for it, it's if, okay. If you, I, thought, I felt like, you know... It has to be a YouTube link. If it's a Pornhub link, do not. Do not post it. Uh, there it's... are, in fact, Pornhub links. <laughs> what? How are you... No, it's definitely not... I don't know what you're searching for, but Pussy Puzzle on PC. It just released today. Like, we Hold on. Just... It's gone. Well, while Kevin is doing that... I, I, yeah. Let, let's talk about what kind of funny games do... Oh, Kevin, we're ready? We there you that? see. Fun. I was going to ask you, did you expect it to be literally... A game about uh, no puzzles. But I think if you name a game that, you know what you're doing. Yeah, that's 100%. what I was gonna ask you. Of course, it's exactly what it sounds like. They know what they're doing. They're, they want people on Steam to see like, oh shit, pussy puzzle. And then click it, like, oh cats. And then isn't that funny? <laughs> it is uh, 75 cents off. So just FYI. How, wait, how much is that total? How much is for this? Four dollars and twenty-four cents. Right that now. seems expensive for a puzzle game. A jigsaw puzzle yeah. game with hand hand drawn. We just went over this. Hand drawn cat pictures, and they say sorry, not sorry for the clickbait. All right. So yeah, they they actually. Have cheat. What's that? I said you can cheat. Look, she pressed the, like the cheat right. button. So you this is the most again. press that Pussy Puzzle has gotten. Uh, one of the features is there's 20 pussies with character to puzzle. You're just having a fun time, aren't you? <laughs> it's it's one of the features. They're cats. No, I get it. All right. We're brought Sorry to you to today by what we call a house ad, which is we're talking about YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, which is the YouTube channel for what you are watching right now. So let's say you missed earlier parts of this. Let's say you missed Fran talking about pussy. And you desperately want Jesus to clip Christ. that. <laughs> you desperately want to clip that and put it, make a GIF of it. You didn't have enough time to rush over to your computer when you heard Fran talk about Pussy Puzzle. You oh, were like, no. oh shit, we need to GIF, we need to make a GIF of that <laughs> for the kind of funny, you, the Reddit. Thankfully, there is YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games to actually be there for you, where you can also find Nick Scarpino, who is a real-life Joel, play The Last of Us through the, the entirety of the game. If you want to get caught up on that, if you want to understand that Last of Us podcast, you're like, I don't know who Joel and Ellie are. You can watch Nick ask those same questions out loud to Greg Miller by watching their YouTube channel. <laughs> Let's actually get to some reader questions now. Frank Furrier writes in and asks, good morning. Oh, this is Greg and Tim because I pulled this question from a couple of days ago. So, with everything that's happened in the last two weeks, we've gotten a lot of information and promises of change from major developers when it comes to online multiplayer. However, when can we actually expect these new promises to be rolled out? I know it takes more than a day to add filters to such and such to games, but it's depressing to hear that friends of mine hopped into a match of Overwatch during the weekend and quit playing after said match due to racial slurs being tossed around frivolously, frivolously in chat, hitting the game they loved. Should Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, etc. enact a rule with any game published that must have filters hate speech going forward? Parentheses, why the fuck they don't right now is absolutely insane, in my opinion. Thanks yeah. for all you do, Frankfurter. So yeah, like I don't know if you saw Fran, but like Call of Duty and I, I think I Apex and other play like other games added filters this week saying, hey, yeah, we're just gonna ban racism now. Which a lot of people reacted with, did you not before? Yeah, wait, exactly. Like, how how did you do this so fast all of a sudden? Um it's funny because it was very welcome. 
So obviously awesome that it, they're they're making taking a stand. But then it was like, wait, if you could have done this so easily, what took you so long? Um, but yeah, it, it now is begging the question, right? What is taking everybody else so long? So I don't know. I I do think part of it is tech, but it does beg the question: like, are there actually internal conversations about? If you accidentally ban someone, I don't even care if you accidentally ban someone over whatever word it is you're confused about. Like, whatever, it can't be that difficult. Like, yes. right? Like, there's going to be like, way more racist than there are the person who's like, I didn't, I was talking about pussy puzzle, right? <laughs> I wasn't talking about the other thing. You know what I mean? Why? You and, got there so quick. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> but the point is, right? You could get confused over that. Uh, but the point is, there's way fewer people who had like good intent. I think that will have to appeal. So yeah, just put the filters in if that's I, the discussion. So, I, this I is know. a good time to call out Rainbow Six Siege, which does an amazing job of like banning zero tolerance policy on all this stuff. You can very easily like kind of walk into it, but you can't very easily walk into it ten times in a row. So like at that point, it's like okay. Sh- you've lost all chances you're banned they should have done this a long time ago the fact that they announced it means that they had the technology to do so and just chose not to so i could i think it does make sense like victor says for those i don't think steam will ever do it because steam is so laissez-faire about this stuff they probably just won't but for sony and microsoft to make that a thing of hey if you're going to make a multiplayer game with chat on our system, then you have to be. Yeah, you have to have these things in place. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. All right, it's time to squat up real quick. Ryan Grant writes in for the Xbox One with a username Colonel C O L O N A L, like the rank Spunk Space Spunky. Hey KB KFBS, I'm looking to help, looking for help on Apex Legends as I recently started playing this weekend. The urge to play it came from Blessing talking it up, so I wanted to try it out. So far, I've been enjoying it, but it seems to be missing something. That's why I'm reaching out to the kind of funny community as I guess it would enhance my enjoyment that much more. I play most nights from 7.30 p.m. BST, and I'm fairly I'm a fairly casual player, but would not shy away from becoming a legend in the game with a great squad to match. I can't wait to play, play with some of the community out there. Keep up the great work you guys always do. Thank you, Colonel Spunky. So follow him if you want to get some Apex down. They're the new host. It's a free oh, game. It's a free Anybody game. Can hop in there. It's That's coming the best to part about it. Yeah, coming to Steam later this year, you, there's no excuse to not play Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow's host is going to be Greg and Gary. you got a Widow Wednesday tomorrow. Then Greg and Blessing on Thursday and Friday. It is Greg and Blessing again. Don't forget, they're also going to be live streaming the PS4 reveal. Or the, sorry, PS5 game reveal. And then also doing an emergency PS I Love You right after. Now is the time for us, however, to talk about that PS5 game reveal in the post-show. Supporters at a silver membership or above, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to get it. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Kind of Funny Games Daily. Thanks, everyone.